Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, just a real short intro this time around as we haven't got any new big announcements for you. Uh, I just wanted to once again point you all towards our new Discord server, uh, which you can find a link to in the pinned tweet at the top of our Twitter page at twitter.com slash pretendwithdice. Uh, come along and hang out and chat about the show and stories and just join us in posting <laughs> stupid dumb memes and stuff. Uh, it's a fun time. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, Alright then, so uh, let's recap what happened last time in our Things from the Flood story. Uh, as Antony and Sora were led into a closed building in the Ministry of Defence installation, Hazel watched from the other side of the fence and was left to try and figure her own way in. Uh, scaling the razor wire and after investigating the outside of the building to find no obvious alternate entry, she decided to wait in hopes that an opening would present itself. Meanwhile, uh, Sora and Antony, with no explanation immediately given, were subjected to a barrage of strange tests by the man who introduced himself finally as Professor Warren and his assistant, Dr. Smith. Uh, when the tests came up clear, it was explained to the pair that all of the strangeness happening in the town could be traced to a mysterious type of inorganic life form, which could infect and take over human beings for its own purposes. The professor and his team were on site to try and stop that infection. Uh, worried about the implications for the other residents, uh, including their families, and given their apparent uninfected status, Antony and Sora pled to be allowed to leave, but the professor was unwilling to just let them walk out of the facility. Uh, around this point, uh, one of the nondescript vans which Hazel had previously seen pulled up to the building and a pair of soldiers disembarked, uh, carrying a stretcher. Seeing an opportunity, Hazel made a quick search of the van for clues uh, before running through the building's open doors as the soldiers re-emerged. Managing to make her way down to the building's main basement level, she confronted the professor, demanding to know what had happened to her friends. That's pretty much where we left off last time, so without any further ado, uh, let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. Okay, so Hazel, um, facing you up the corridor is a surprised-looking pair of scientists in white coats. Uh, you recognise one of them as being uh, the one that led Antony and Sora away from the front gate. Um, also, but though, between you and the scientists and an open door is another surprised-looking soldier who, upon hearing your shout, reaches for his gun. Hazel is just going to glare at the soldier and walk towards the scientist. Okay. Um, so the soldier immediately is like, whoa, 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 you can't be down here. Bit late for that. He's, um, he's, he's definitely got his gun out now and sort of covering you because you're a little bit sort of a surprise, should we say? <laughs> Rando teenage goth just sort of stumbling in. Pretty much. I don't trust any of you. You brought someone in here unconscious. You've just brought my friends in here. It's been a while. They haven't come back out yet. What the fuck? 
As you're stepping, I take it, you're still stepping towards him up the corridor. Very slowly now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can kind of see, as, as you take a few more steps, sort of out of the corner of your eye through one of the kind of viewing panels on the side, uh, you can see uh, Sora and Anthony in one of these side rooms, just sort of, um, sort of, would you say, you, Sora and Anthony, you still sat behind the table, or are you um, kind of up and on your well, feet? Where, where the door was open, could we hear any of what going on in there? Uh, I'd say probably, yeah, you can hear sounds of, may, maybe not what Hazel's saying, but you can hear sort of the, the general kind of tone of her voice and recognise it. Okay, at the sound of that then, Anthony's going to turn to Sora and say, um, can you hear that? I think that's Hazel. And then shoot up to his feet and kind of look over towards the door. Is it still open? Yes, it is still open. The The scientists are in the corridor. Um, okay. They've just stepped out. So we're going to rush. I'm going to rush out behind him. Okay, you are in the corridor. You see Hazel there. There is a, a the soldier has his back to you, um, but he is quite clearly sort of pointing a gun at Hazel. Um, yeah, I've run to look out of the door as well, um, and then I want to like turn to the professor and be like, "That's our friend." Okay, so the professor sort of he says, "Well, well, well, um, Sergeant, please put your gun away. I, I believe um, this young lady is probably uh, with our with our friends here. There's no need, no need for violence. Uh, young young lady, would you, would you please come closer? We need we we'll need to um, run the test on you as well. He's looking very flustered. What test? He, he exchanges a glance with the um, the the other white coated individual who sort of sort of gives him a sort of shrug." Um, well, we need to um, check you haven't been infected by uh, the thing that's afflicting the town. Yeah, it's fine. We just did it. <laughs> yeah, it feels proper weird. No, don't tell her that. It was scary. Well, we're this all right. This whole right? thing is weird. All of it. <laughs> we are all right, Anthony asks the uh, one of the professors. Like, that test's not going to do anything funny to us. There's not going to be any like, after effects or anything, is there? Well, um... No, I mean, you, you might suffer some problems hearing high-frequency noises for a couple of days, but I'm sure it should come back. That's, that's very reassuring. Um, well, Hazel, I can't believe you managed to break in. Like, are we close enough now to maybe, like, have a maybe... Actually, no, no, I was about to say Anthony wouldn't give for an, go for an embrace, but he's going to kind of, like, move forwards as if he might, but then kind of, like, re reach out a hand to shake. <laughs> That's not, that's not awkward at all. Like, well, well done. You made it in. Um, yeah, yeah. You, I look at the soldier. Like, you might want to double check some of the security. Yeah, behind you, the doors in the at the end of the corridor open, and the the two um, guards who you ran past upstairs enter the corridor behind you, also with their guns drawn. The the doctor goes, "Oh no, don't please don't don't worry. Um, don't worry." Um, everything's under control. Please continue with your um, your sweeps. That's what that's what like all bad scientists say. Nothing to see here. <laughs> it's all under control. <laughs> I I don't think he was expecting three teenagers to suddenly burst in. The uh, the two who followed you they look really quite confused, a little bit out of breath. You get the feeling that um, they were really as soon as the the elevator got back down, they were running in not quite sure what they'd find but sort of reassured by the professor they sort of retreat back to the elevator and the doors close behind them the the female uh doctor hurriedly kind of holds up a plastic box and says okay can you put any metal items in here we need to double check okay um, and hazel removes 
Earrings, rings. Oh, there might be metal in my boot. Do I need to remove them as well? Uh, yes, if you would, please. Okay. So she crouches over to take her boots off and then pulls out a circular metal amulet and then unhooks a knife from the inside of her skirts and puts all of that in the box. It's okay, ready to stab people. <laughs> <laughs> This is really not looking good for her at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's probably off. Oh no! I when Ashley sees that, it gives a little oh. She realizes that with a start, that she needs to also take off her pendulum necklace, and is really loath to to do that. And she's like, um. Oh, don't don't worry. You'll get it back. You'll get it back. Okay. Right. What's this test then? Professor, says, if you please step into this room, we need to um. Well, it's, it's just a simple sort of magnetic and audio spectrum uh, run that will uh, determine whether you've been uh, compromised. Hazel steps in and tries to not laugh at the professor's wording. <laughs> <laughs> you step inside, the door closes behind you. Um, Anthony and Sora, they uh, you get a good sort of better look at the um, controls that you couldn't see below the glass level when you were inside as the professor comes across and starts um, fiddling with a there's like a big dial that he kind of turns up on the um, on this sort of small control panel Hazel inside the uh, the room you very quickly begin to hear a sort of low hum of noise that uh, very quickly sort of rises in volume and pitch other than the noise, you don't really feel anything different. It just it's just super loud. It the the um, frequency rises, falls a few times. The professor sort of gives you a, sort of gives a sort of nod and uh, turns the uh, turns the dial back down and the door opens again. So uh, yeah, okay. Well, it seems uh, seems you're you're also clear of the infection. That's uh, that's good. I suppose you'd you'd better. Explain yourself a little bit. Uh, there'll be paperwork to fill out. How did you get in here? I climbed the fence and ran in through the door. Doctor, make a note more cameras outside. She sort of scribbles on her <laughs> clipboard. I will have to talk to those two uh, those two soldiers as well. How, how they let you get past the uh, the door is, uh, is a bit of a concern, really. But, um, okay, well, if you, if you and... Um, if you you join your friends, uh, was it uh, Ke- Kevin and Stacy? Wasn't it? Uh, please take a seat. I need to um, get into our records, see if um, we have a sort of safe house you can go to to until we can uh, get the situation more under our control. Um, they they could stay at mine. I mean, I'm afraid that this in, this infection is um, a bit out of our control at the moment. I, we can't just let you walk away. So Hazel reaches in and pulls out the list with the addresses and then points out her address and goes like, well, this makes it look like my house is in the clear. How did you get this list, young lady? <laughs> I I think <laughs> when they're inside the base, soldiers' security might not be as impressive as it should be. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's not ideal, is it? Um, okay, well, I can't argue with your logic, but... Yes. I, I, I need to ask you something about that, though. Okay, go, go ahead. Well, what is it you want to know? So, I've been finding blood in my room and in my little sister's room. 
at night and we none of it we don't have any injuries on us and then last night there was some of this black goo stuff on the windowsill in her room and then we watched it like disappear the uh, the female doctor leans in and says doesn't sound like our infection well the black goo does obviously but um Perhaps we ought to refer this case to the UPI division. Oh, make a note of it. We'll have to pass this on. Um, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't really have an answer for you, young lady. I mean, I can explain the black goo. Uh, this uh, infection, as we call it. I mean, that's not really an accurate word. It's um, the non-organic life form. Tries uh, well when it is outside of the body. Takes the uh, appearance of a sort of viscous black goo substance. I can't explain it disappearing, but, uh, yes. The blood, I'm afraid, uh, I'm as, uh, as clueless as you are. Hmm. Is the black, is the, this life form, is it looking for more people to infect or be a parasite on? We believe so, yes. It, um, well, once, uh, once it has overtaken a, a host, it, uh, does its best to one keep itself a secret and uh, two to uh, spread itself into uh, other life forms take over other hosts so could it have been trying to come in the window to in- infect my sister because frankly if that's the case I want to get the hell out of town well there's a oh, well I'll answer this part by part I suppose we have discovered the, the virus uh, well in fact the the We've been calling it uh, X1193. Um, X1193 has limited motor capabilities on its own. If it was in the coming in through the window, sill, that was I would, I would imagine somebody, probably another infected, uh, left it on the outside. Certainly, we don't think it has the ability to scale the side of a building. Um, as for leaving the town, we can't have anybody leave the quarantine zone. Oh, we're under quarantine. Yes, we're actually quite surprised that nobody in this town seems to have noticed. Um, there's been no rail services coming through for two days now. Yeah, that's well, probably we weird. should have told them. Well, this is this is the issue. We we're not entirely sure at this moment who is uh, who's infected and who isn't. And knowing some of the behaviour of this uh, uh, life form, the the second it found out that um, its lo- its um, presence had been noticed it would uh, endeavour to spread itself as far and wide as possible to escape the net, as it were. We had to be sure who was infected and who wasn't before we um, separated the two groups. So you've been spied on by everybody in town? Does that mean you know if my mum and dad are alright? Not everybody. I'm a, our resources are actually fairly limited, I'm afraid. Um, we've been slowly making our way uh, from street to street, but um, a good chunk of the town is still to be surveyed uh, I'm, I'm sure it's one of our survey vans that you got that list from. Hazel just kind of looks slightly guilty. So I saw you. I saw there being someone like unconscious dragged in here. Was that because they were infected? Uh, yes, uh, we've been trying to. Uh, I think I, I believe I, I told your companions here. Um, we've been part of our job here is to. Try and find a way to uh, remove the uh, remove the life form from its uh, its hosts. Uh, so test subjects are required. Also, um, I'm sorry to say that not everybody 
survives the initial infection stage. So, in addition, we have been removing those we've um, discovered have not uh, survived this process. Oh. So, what happens to people when they get the infection? Most of the time, they won't realise that they've uh, they've got it. Um, but the, the 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 further ingrained the um, the life form becomes, the more control it can take over the host body. It's uh, it's able then um, mostly leave its host to go about its daily business. But given any opportunity throughout that day to pass itself on to others, it will um, influence the host to to do so. We believe it also will. Uh, take control to ensure its um, survival. Remember how everyone insisted they were at school on Thursday? Mm. And they really, really weren't at school. Yeah. Must have been this thing. I can I mean, remember a few, a few of the people that were telling us that. Like, and he turns to the professor, scientist guy, and it's like, like, do you want to know the people that did that were saying that they were turning up to school but didn't? Because it sounds like maybe that's a sign of who's infected or not. Oh, that that, that we that would be um, most hopeful. Yes, uh, sort of casting around for a pe- <laughs> a pad of paper <laughs> for you. Um, eventually, um, the uh, the other doctor sort of she leaves the room, comes back in with a with one hands it to you. Well, with with no particular names in mind, he just well. Me personally, obviously, character-wise, he knows who he's writing down. People mm. that they spoke to in school that were insistent that they were there when they weren't, and reels off maybe. Well, do you want to give me a roll for this to see how good I am at this? Yeah, Let's that say would that you talked to maybe twenty good... people that day, and yes, okay. Like so, um, what would be a memory check? Let's see who you, see if you can remember how <laughs> who was uh, who was like who was missing and who wasn't. Um, I guess mind comprehend, which is find the right piece of information at a location. Or know it already from memory. So I, I'm going to give it that the more successes you have on this, the better you are at remembering, basically. One. One. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a stressful evening, but you, you, you can still sort of remember maybe 10 or 12 names of people. I mean, it's sort of a mixture of um, teachers that you remember being missing and, you know, people from your class and such. But, I mean, over the, the course of the whole school, you haven't given him too many names, but it's, you know... Better than going, oh wait, I can't remember anybody. <laughs> it's a start. Yeah. Would, would it be helpful to, if we could remember who was there, and mm. at least at that point wasn't infected? Yeah, it works both ways. Yeah, either well, well either way, yes, that would be, that'd be helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we well, had a sec- second column. Yeah, mind comprehend. Uh, okay, again, one one success there so yeah I mean you're able to fill in maybe another 10-15 names um, but I mean you've got to think of it over the course of the day you're not going to remember every single person who's missing from school um, especially if about half of them are gone you know sort of just keeping names straight in your head is going to be for, for that number of people it's going to be tricky but yeah, you, yeah you're, you're able to I'd say between the two of you um, unless Sora wants to <laughs> try as well. Uh, between the two of you, you're able to sort of put a list of sort of maybe 25 names of people who you, from your school you believe were infected at that point in the week early on. So, turn into Professor. So, we've got these people that are probably safe. Maybe we should let them know. What, what do you think? We, we, we should do something about this at least. Can we do something to quarantine the other ones? Would it let the thing know if we did that? Well, we're we're not sure. That's the that's the problem. Um, 
we don't know how connected the uh, consciousnesses of the uh, infected um, are. We don't know if if one finds out um, that they're you know they've been uh, discovered, then whether they'll all immediately know, or whether individuals are their own um, their own being. Really, it's uh, it's it's tough to tell. the The, the subjects we've been able to take in from uh, for for study have well, I'm sorry to say, mainly been the ones who've not survived the procedure or have not come out of it well. So mm. our, our knowledge here is a little limited. Hmm. Well, I'm kind of worried, to be honest. And he turns to the girls. Like, what about our mums and dads and your sister? Like, they're all out there right now. And they don't know about what's going on. Turning back to scientists. Can we at least bring them in? And, like, is it safer in here? Is it, like, is it actually safer in here? He, he frowns for a second and says, I thought you said your father was already infected. Uh... What? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and he starts sweating quite profusely because he's really torn up on this. Like, he doesn't want this as much as his family's hard work. He doesn't want it to be hurt. I think I'm going to need some kind of lying check from you. Okie doke. <laughs> so I think this will be heart charm. Heart charm. Okay. So going to need two successes here. Oh dear. One success. Only one. Okay. So. They're starting to be a little bit sceptical. This is all... What was your, What did you say your name was again? Uh, Ke- Kevin? Kevin O'Neill, did you say? That, that, that's the one. Why have you written your name on this piece of paper? <laughs> uh, what have you done? Really? And oh. He kind of flashes a look at Sora like, you're in this with me. What, what are we doing here? I don't know. You are dumb and do dumb things, don't you, Kev? Uh, well, no, 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 no. Hazel O'Neill, shut your mouth. Have this thing. You can't. Ah, look. I don't know what name they gave you, but they were clearly scared of getting in trouble. <gasps> Hazel has oh, gone mad. Hmm. And well, he's kind of. And do you want them? between the two of you, sorry. Do Wait, you want on. them to try and quarantine people? Sora and then Kev and Dad end we up don't know potentially her. in the wrong group? <laughs> what happens then? That means everyone could be infected. Or that people who are infected are outside somehow and we've got no idea of what's going on. Uh-huh. I look at this, I, Hazel looks at the scientist and goes... They're not going to get in trouble for this, right? Um, well, no. I mean, accurate reporting would be helpful in this case. If you've, if you've given us a a false name, that would <laughs> really would help. Um, wouldn't help our finding a, a safe place for you to go to. Well, um, full, full disclosure then. Um, my name is Anthony Rober, and um, yeah, so it's not Kevin O'Neill. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And then he look, shoots a look at Sora. I'm really sorry. <laughs> when Kev didn't come to school, we were concerned and we went looking for him. And that's when we found his dad, like, at the table with the stuff coming out of his eyes and ears. Yeah, we didn't lie about any of the other stuff. With the, like, We did see him with the black stuff all over him and then he didn't have it on him. And, yeah. and the paramedics turned up and that's when it 
went away like it was hiding from adult almost rather than mm. from us you didn't oh you, you i was going to say you, you didn't touch it but you clearly haven't because the uh, the testing didn't um, cause it to reveal itself um no it was a bit it yeah it was just a bit too creepy to want to touch it Yes, that's, well, <laughs> good instincts there, I suppose. Well, in that case, I would not recommend uh, going back to that house. Uh, you're lucky to get out of there without uh, some kind of infection. I would recommend, if, if you said your friend, uh, Kevin, he sort of looks at you pointedly, Anthony, um, was also infected, as you say, um, probably limit contact you've had with him and if you if you could not go back to the house and, and see him again that would be that would be good it's a good thing you didn't drink that coke Sora you're telling me <laughs> wait although Sora, I would have anyway Sora you need to put your right name down on the list for people that are not infected ah uh, okay and probably your mum as well okay speaking of mums and he turns back to the professor <laughs> <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> That's how smooth Anthony is. He took his opportunity. <laughs> um, so, can we bring him in here? Can can we call our families and let them know what's happening at least? Uh, we, we should make contact with them individually. Uh, again, we don't want um, we don't want to risk uh, tipping our hand too soon. What do you mean make contact? They're not going to come in here in bags, are they? No. Um... No, but they can check at the house. See? And I show Anthony the list, like, see? It looks like they're, like, they're scanning, like, scanning oh, people oh. from outside the house, something like that. Oh, that, that that's all right, then. And then he kind of breathed of relief as his <laughs> imagination got away from him there. Looking at the list, I can say both Sora's house and Anthony's house have not been scanned yet. Okay. Hazel's house had been and was, mm-hmm. had a tick next to it to say oh, clear. So... I don't. I don't know if our parents are infected or not. So we should go and scan, like, and seeing this list. Do is, is there any way to quickly pass this and see whether or not our addresses are on there? I think. Hazel yeah, so I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. We we can say that. Um, yes, you. You. I mean, you. You know, your own address. You're able to quickly find it and see that. Yeah, you, your both of your houses haven't been scanned. He holds it up to the professor and he's like, can we, can we go and scan our houses now then? And then at least we'll know that they're safe and maybe you could let us stay in them because we're not going to leave town or anything. I'm not sure we could leave town. Exactly. No, you, you, you would um, you would find it difficult to um, leave. We've been subtle, but uh, as I say, the, the trains have been stopped and uh, we have roadblocks in place. Hazel goes to fidget with her pendulum. Oh yes, you, you'll hand it back your stuff. Sorry, I didn't say yeah. that. <laughs> so she, she fiddles with the pendulum and goes like, "But okay, this might be more stuff you don't believe in, but I knew to come and look here when I saw you bring that infected patient in because because uh, my pendulum dropped blood on the mat." between the train line and the base and I don't know how it happened but it it fe- it seems like it's all connected like like I can't think of anything that would cause blood to randomly appear and not like it not be connected to this stuff going on just seems 
really unlikely. The um the the, the doctor leans into the professor against us. That sounds like it's connected to the the earlier blood, at least. Um, perhaps we ought to file a report. All, all I can, all I can say to you, uh, young lady, is that we haven't encountered anything like, else like this in uh, all of our um, investigations so far. Okay. Hmm. It is strange that it led you here, though. If this was the uh, the X eleven ninety three, he wouldn't have anything um, anything to gain from telling you where to find. Uh, uh, well, uh, we're the we're the response team, so why would it send you to us? It would um, surely just want to um, well infect you, and then then you would be part of it. But you've scanned me, so and 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 you're clearly not. So um, yes, this is this is quite a conundrum. So what are our options here? Well, if you, if you, we, I suppose we could bring your families in if we could be sure that they would be uh, uninfected. We would have to um, take you along with one of our scanning units. Um, they use a portable unit similar to um, the the test we just administered on you to um, sort of surreptitiously scan a house and look for um, any reaction. Um, as I told uh, the two of you, the uh, uh, life form seems to be sensitive to. Um, certain sound frequencies and magnetism as well. So uh, that, that's how we've been checking for responses. We think at low levels it would, um, if it, we would get enough of a return to see what was happening without uh, alerting it to our presence. So we could take you to your ho- homes and check and uh, if all is clean, bring you bring you back here. Well, I certainly don't want to leave my mum and dad out there alone, not knowing what's going on. And he looks at his watch, what time is it? I'd say it's probably gone 10 seeing this on his watch Anthony is like yeah we I definitely need to talk to my dad sooner rather than later you know I'd be really up for going around your house Anthony <laughs> Sora sorry hiding <laughs> completely <laughs> like, there's no response coming to mind at all it's just uh, cannot commu- compute uh, <laughs> absolutely broken by this <laughs> that's so far out of left field that's, yeah, the, the professor's kind of looking between the two of you <laughs> like, been a while since I've seen the old dad but well you're going to go to your house right surely right oh can I come to yours as well Guess they would want to meet me. Looks around everybody. Like, what is going on? Uh, Are you yeah, trying to hide I, I guess, me? I, if, if, if <laughs> Are you ashamed of me? Well, my dad. Like, I don't know what my mom and dad are going to make of you turning up at ten o'clock with me and some strange men. But sure. Well, what makes it so different if it's just you and the strange men? Why is it certainly <laughs> outrageous <laughs> if I'm there? Um. You know how paranoid his dad is. You know what his dad's going to think. Mm. What? Do I have a bad rep or something? <laughs> no. But what his dad says is going to be nothing to what his mum says if he thinks, if they think that Anthony's got you pregnant. What? Right? <laughs> you need to not turn up there. The okay? doctor goes really wide eyed at this. And he's just why, like, why, <clears> well, uh, think, why, why is me being present? Just know. Ah. <laughs> All right, Jesus. <laughs> Teenagering escalates. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a bit of an escalation there. <laughs> Hazel, good stuff at me, man. <laughs> is this where we reveal that Hazel has been shipping Anthony and Sora this whole time? <laughs> 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 
got her Hazel and Anthony, uh, no, uh, Sora and Anthony fanfic and everything. I'm not pregnant. We <laughs> <laughs> ain't even kissed. Well, yeah, I guess we should just we should just go then. And he kind of looks up at the professor with a pleading look of like, "You're the adult here. Please take control." Uh, I, well, yes, okay. Oh, I'll, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is uh, this is all a little bit none of my business. I, I, I'm sure, but um, perhaps it would be best. It's always to... like grinning because she knows she was being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just to try and get a reaction out of Anthony. Perhaps it would be best if we all stuck together. Um. Yes. See, Hazel. <laughs> Sora, I want to see Anthony's dad so bad. <laughs> Sora, I don't really care. I mean, we could just stay in the van. Yeah. So, okay. So, sounds good to me. Yeah, let, let's go. And he kind of yeah, let's Anthony go starts taking a stride towards the door as if like that's that's our impetus to go, right? And looks around expectantly, like, come on. Aye, let's go. <laughs> the uh, professor says, oh, I, "I will remain here. The, um, Doctor Smith will accompany you. To make sure uh, everybody's okay." The uh, the the soldier hands him a small radio, and um, you hear him sort of talking to the peop- the uh, the two soldiers upstairs. He says, well, sort of explaining the situation to them and. Well, I'll, I'll be um, I'll be waiting for you all here with your families when when you get back. But uh, be careful out there. All right. Bye, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's already kind of striding off, trying to still keep the momentum. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, right. He just wants to get it done now because he's so worried about his dad, and there's going right, to be go. some anger to deal with, surely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, the doctor goes with you, and. Uh, the three of you and the doctor on the the elevator. As you as you reach the top, the doors open. The van is still there where Hazel left it. The uh, the two soldiers sort of eye you a little bit suspiciously, but they've they've got their orders now. And the three of you pile into the back of the van. The doctor takes a, a seat in the front with um with the two soldiers. It's kind of one of those wide vans with the three people in the front. And uh, the three of you are <laughs> as the van pulls away alone together for the first time since you <laughs> instigated this plan to uh, sneak into the Ministry of Defence base. I think we need to go to Anthony's house first. Mm. Anthony's! <laughs> Only because you won't get Sora out of the van before you think <laughs> to Anthony's. <laughs> so yeah, Anthony's just silent. Absolutely kind of like still staring at the floor a little bit. What's the contents of the back of this van? Is it... I'm kind of seeing... I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's like the the tech guy in a spy movie. It's his fan. It's it's full of monitors. And it's a little bit like that. Maybe not as like fully that, kitted like... out as that. Uh, there's not really like any electronic monitors and things, but there is like a sort of. Okay. It's kind of a little bit like the back of an ambulance in there, um, but again, maybe not as fully kitted out with sort of like cupboards and stuff. You can sort of see a little bit um, where maybe Hazel have been rummaging around, but there's a spare. Uh, um, what do we call it? Hazmat suit. In there, there's sort of little bits and pieces, sort of of fire extinguishers and stuff. There is um, what you would now guess to be uh, the sort of mobile kind of sound unit that um, the the professor had mentioned. There's a sort of what looks almost like a kind of heavily modified kind of boombox, and there is also a kind of um, looks a little bit like a kind of handheld satellite dish sort of thing, which has a kind of it leads to a sort of unlabeled kind of box of electronics and um, 
yeah, that sort of on uh, on racking on the side. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's just gonna stare at the ground and try and maintain focus, and yeah, that, that's what Anthony's doing at this moment. Okay. So the uh, the van rumbles away. It's not too far across town. It's about five minutes in the back of the van before you feel feel it sort of coming to a stop. And the side door uh, opens, and the doctor is standing there with the uh, the two soldiers. Well, perhaps uh, as we're looking to extract your parents, if possible, you could lead the way. Uh, Anthony, was it? She sort of looks down at her notes. Yep, yep, that's the one. And he gets up and kind of moves to get out of the van with them, and then shoot, gives a look back to the girls. And it says, um, "Well, are we? I don't know if like this. Are we bringing the family all all the families back in the van with us in one go, or what are we doing here? Is there enough? Is there enough space out of character? Sorry, is there enough space in the back? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's one of those larger kind of. Um, it's a, it, yeah, there's enough space. Let's just say. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, he kind of looks at Sora, and and his gut sinks, knowing that she seems to have something in mind for his." Dad, and the, is she going to wind him up and possibly make this already being late worse? And yeah, sort of narrows his eyes a little bit, but then shakes it off and walks off towards the house and says to the professor, um, yeah, yeah, just follow me over here. And leads him away from the van towards the house. Okay. Hazel and uh, Sora, are you staying in, the, um, staying in the van? Hazel is definitely staying in the van. Okay. I'll stay in the van. <laughs> um, you do notice that the, the soldiers have picked up the sort of um, equipment that you mm-hmm. uh, you noted, but they're they're kind of following a little bit along behind. Um, but they are kind of looking a little bit nervous, um, sort of looking around, you know, looking into to see if anybody's watching, shall we say? As we approach the house, is there any indication of lights on or anything like that? Like that there are people still awake in there? Yes, they're the. Um, the hall light is on. Um, you just say, like, from the front door is probably frosted glass on the front. Um, but you can definitely see the light is on. And based on just how your sort of knowledge of the house, it also looks like the kitchen light is on. Is there anybody visible? Like, I, I mean, we haven't really established the layout of this no. place um, in terms of, like, view lines and which rooms are visible from the road. And- uh, let's say no, you, you, you can't see anybody. Okay. Cool. Um, so he points over to the house and goes, "Yeah, that's my place over there." Doctor says, "Go on, lead, lead the way. Oh, Let's get this over well, with." We have to go in to do this. Can you not like shoot it from the outside? Well, we we can, but we get a much more accurate uh, reading if you could take us inside. Um, well, what what do I tell my parents? Are we? I suppose we should just tell them. Do you you should take the lead. You should tell them everything. And he kind of like pulls himself together, like he's the kid here like it's not him in charge of the situation you're the scientist and he sort of says to him like yeah yeah you should be the one that talks to my dad like you can explain why i'm late and he's feeling a little bit more relaxed as he says that <laughs> as if you've suddenly realized you've got an excuse that's it this is the get out of jail free card and if you lean super hard into it then maybe maybe his dad will accept on some level <laughs> okay she uh okay actually i'm gonna have you make a check for this <laughs> to see if you can convince her to take the lead on this. These are some irresponsible adults. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to need a heart charm on this. One success. One success needed, I should say. Oof. <laughs> so, no successes on that. 
she sort of says, um, Look, Mr. Rover, we're short on time here. Could you just open the door and we'll follow you in? Don't feel like you need to keep us a secret, but it would maybe go quicker. You know, we we were uh, we had easy entry, just in case. Um, well, you know, the worst. <sighs> well, all right then. And he kind of reaches into his pocket in a slightly defeated way and walks forlornly down the path towards the house. <laughs> all the energy sucked back out of him again. <laughs> He puts the key in the door and turns. Okay. They are following behind you. They haven't, like, left you to uh-huh. walk in on your own, but they are, you know, they're sort of hanging back a little bit. Okay. So he opens the door. Mm-hmm. Is there any immediate sound of anything inside? What, anything going on? Uh, not that you can see. Like I say, the, um, without stepping inside, the, the hall light is on, and sort of a little ways down the, the hall, it's a, a doorway on the left, which is the kitchen and there's light coming from inside there. So he kind of pops his head in and looks around sheepishly. Mum? Dad? Come in here, son. Want have a word with you. Which which room is it coming from? The kitchen. Kitchen, okay. So Anthony looks up towards the scientist and the soldier and kind of motions for them to follow and walks through towards the kitchen and says, "Um, Dad, they... You know, this is pretty crazy. But and he, is he sat down? What, what's what have I walked into? So you round the corner, and um, your dad is uh, sat at the kitchen table facing you. Um, your mum is sort of sat next to him, and they're, they're just kind of looking at you as you as you enter. <laughs> have they got that? We've been sat here for a couple of hours, sweating, and maybe we were arguing at one point, but it's just gone quiet now. Kind of vibe going. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so these these are, um, some scientists from that base in town, and you might not believe this, but there, there's something really crazy happening in town, and it's it's why I'm really late. I'm I'm so sorry, Dad. Like. And he looks to his mum, and what's her response as he said, sorry? So the scientists aren't actually visible to them if you're stood in the doorway. She says, now, I seem to remember setting a curfew for you, Anthony. 9pm. <laughs> Anthony looks around sharply, like where the, and he looks over his shoulder to see that the scientists haven't followed him into the room yet. Oh, sorry, the scientists and the soldiers. And he takes a step or two into the kitchen so that they can follow him behind. And he kind of like motions for them to follow through hurriedly. Yeah, as as you, um... so, no, no, Dad, seriously, seriously. I was gonna say, as you make eye contact with the scientist, she's sort of giving you like a kind of like a go on, kind of wide eyed like. <laughs> so you step into the kitchen. Your dad's sort of still going. Your dad, as he started talking, has kind of put, he's kind of covering, you know, kind of pinching his um, temples as he's talking, his eyes are closed, sort of thing. How can we trust you, son, to not stick to our rules? So sorry, the scientist has chosen not to follow so me. So the scientist at this point, like your dad is like working up to something. He's clearly like, when uh, at that point the scientist work, walks in, it's almost like your dad doesn't quite notice her 
straight away. Okay. He says, I didn't get to where I got today by not listening to my father, your <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> I, I do listen to... You need to listen to me for once. Uh, I didn't get where I am today by not listening to what my dad told me and staying out past curfew on a Saturday dad, night. Dad, dad, you need to listen to me for once. And- no, no, son, I'm talking. This is important. But look... And this, yeah, he, he looks up at this point, like, and you can see the rage in his eyes is like, oh, you, you, you've never spoken to me like this, son. And <laughs> your, your mum has sort of, like, <laughs> seen the scientist walking in with a soldier carrying a bunch of equipment and it sort of looks a little bit kind of like, it's a slight kind of like gasp, like, sort of thing. But she hasn't stopped your dad talking because she knows what he's like. Um, he says, well... Who on earth is this? What are you doing in my house? I, I, I said that there's something going on in town, Dad. This this scientist knows about it. Scient- scientist? Like, come on, now you've got to say something. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Robert, yes, um, my name is Dr. Smith. I work for the Ministry of Defence. Um, I'm afraid it's uh, us who have detained your son this evening. And he looks on you and his eyes are sort of thundering. The words detained. It's nothing um, bad. <laughs> What were you doing to get detained by the bloody army? Dad, I swear. Like, there's, there's like this black goo in town and Kevin's in trouble. And like, I was really worried about you and mum. So like, I persuaded the scientists to come here and like, we're just checking to see if every, everything's all right. And as these words are coming out of his mouth, he's thinking like, hang on, am I giving the game away here? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> and, and slows down a little bit and sort of looks over to the scientist again like yeah hmm? she's sort of giving you a look of like you, you might be giving the game away here um and your mom said well we we did miss you at the uh, the roller disco earlier uh son um how, how did how did this happen well like i said there was kev had like there was this thing happening and well it, it's not really important to explain that now i don't even really know going on myself like the people at the base know more and we just need to like we need to do a test in the house to see if the house is okay and then then like we need to take you out if the house isn't okay so and he looks over to the scientists like maybe we should can we do that test uh yes i mean that that is why we're here i mean um madam um sir i guess we we am afraid uh need to check you for um well i can't go into it right now but there's a possibility that uh, an infection might have spread to your home. Um, and your your son, and she got, sort of gives you a look as if she's like, okay, I'm going to help. Um, your son is, is, only, is only worried about you. And um, so we thought it best to, um, to come straight here and check to see that you're okay. Your dad sort of, I'm okay. I've never felt better in my life other than betrayed and frankly and your mum puts her hand on his arm and says no no jim this is this does sound serious we maybe maybe we should listen to them <laughs> um the uh as, as your dad's kind of sort of spluttering and that the the doctor gives a sort of nod to um the the soldier next to her and um you it's it's a little lower it's not as loud as it was but you begin to hear the sort of frequency sort of sweep this time coming out of the kind of modified sort of boombox setup and um 
as it gets louder, your dad is like, oh, shut that bloody racket up. God. Oh. They run through the sweep. Your parents don't keel over or anything like that. And the doctor sort of looks and goes, well, it, okay. They, um, they seem to be seem to be unaffected. Um, uh, sir, madam, if you, if you would come with us, we will need to um, remove you to our uh, facility for safekeeping. Should we get clothes and stuff? Do we do we need to pack for this? Well, it it couldn't hurt. We don't know how long um you will need to be uh need to be down there. Anthony kind of takes this opportunity to try and move towards the door a little bit. Like I'll I'll just go and grab all my clothes then. <laughs> Sora and Hazel, you can hear all this through a radio in the um in the van. Uh, that's you guess is attached to the uh, one of the the soldiers. <laughs> so just to keep you in the loop. Um, okay. You can hear the anger in uh, Anthony's dad's voice, and it does sound fairly familiar. Um, you remember from younger days. God, listen to him going on, as usual. <laughs> he sounds—he just sounds horrible. I know. God, Anthony should just stick up to him. I mean, I'm listening to him. I can see why Anthony's so scared of getting into a massive argument oh, I don't listen to anything my mum says <laughs> what stark contrast so okay Anthony um, let's actually okay are you sort of panic grabbing stuff um yeah just anything that's cleaned out of the cupboard just okay especially with the fact that like that was just a move to get out of the room more than anything else to yeah. get away from the <laughs> presence for a minute or two just to collect his thoughts so you, you take a couple of steps up the corridor and you, you can hear you can't hear the words but like again you can sort of hear your parents talking with the scientist and your dad you, you come to know his tone over the your life you can tell he's it's, it's almost like he's talking through gritted teeth but it's it's like he'd worked himself up to shout at you mm-hmm. um, for what in his mind was a very specific situation and that's now been derailed and he doesn't quite know where to put his feelings. <laughs> he's, he's fully fueled up. But yeah. There's nothing to spend it on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. He's like a, di- he's like a spinning top that had been fully spun and then, Oh no, we haven't got anywhere to spin this. You know, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> the weird analogy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. so you, you've come to notice this, like it, it's actually become, should we say like a tactic that you've seen your mum deploy sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you just give him a slight derailment and he'll calm down, sort of thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, grab, grab all the bits and pieces that he logically needs. Grab a toothbrush, uh, and then kind of runs downstairs. And with everything packed, then kind of looks at his parents, like, um, and looks at the scientist. Where are they at in conversation at this point? What What are they actually talking about? Is it are they explaining things? Is the scientist breaking it down for them? So what's, what's you, get, you get the feeling that the scientist isn't fully breaking it down for them, but she's maybe given them enough to sort of at least convince them to come with you. She's sort of your your dad needs a bit of placating. Your mum is a little bit more sort of willing to listen, if that makes sense. Okay. But she's almost sort of sort of, sort of you kind of walk in. Well, I, I can explain properly when we return to the. Uh, return to the facility. As for now, we we don't know who might be listening. We do not want to cause a panic, um, shall I say? Your dad sort of grumbling. Oh well, ugh. this is this is my boy's fault somehow. I just know it. Can we hear them now? Yes. Like we interact. Um. So Hazel turns and looks at Anthony's dad and is like, 
Okay. Oh, actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. Let, let's say at this point yeah. then, so that you're kind of. Yeah. We'll skip to you. You're all kind of getting into the van. Yeah. The okay. parents get some clothes. We'll get in the van. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No need to role play grabbing clothes from cupboards and things. I think. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody piles back into the van with the intention of, um, along with Anthony's uh, parents, with the intention of now going to Sora's house. Okay. Um, Hazel's going to look at Anthony's dad and be like, "Your son might have just saved your life." Quit bitching. He he goes a quite deep red colour. Anthony goes in the exact opposite direction in terms of colour. All colour drains. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of get the feeling that maybe nobody's spoken to your dad like this in a while. And he doesn't know how to deal with it. As the director of a leisure centre, he's used to a certain level of respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> The, the man who delivers the chlorine is always very polite to him, and he's gotten accustomed to a certain standard of living. <laughs> yeah, he's browbeaten everybody around him in yes, submission yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, like I say, I joke, but yeah, he's he's really sort of... He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, shall we say, and so he's not used to being talked to like that. Okay, so we can we can skip to turning up at Sora's, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the the van Where's comes me? the van comes to another stop, and the side door opens, and the doctor sort of uh, looks at you now, Sora, and says, "Would you uh, would you like to? We can follow a similar procedure to your friend here, but if you would like to lead the way." All right. So Sora just nods, and then she gets out the back of the van, goes to her front door, and gets her keys out, opens it up, and she just kind of stands there, and she's like. Mum, and just stands there expectedly waiting for her mum to reply. There is no reply. Oh shit. So Sora furrows her brows like, this is odd. So she walks into the living room next to the front door to see if she's in there. The the living room is, uh, the lights are off, there's, as far as you can tell, it looks undisturbed. It almost looks like your mum has, hasn't been here this evening, if that makes sense. You're used to your yeah. mum sort of, you know, she'll come and she'll have maybe a glass of wine in the evening or something. And yeah, oh, so it, it looks like she's been out. It looks like she's been out, yeah. Okay, so since all the lights are off and, like, there's no movement in the house, Sora just turns back to the men are they behind me as well yeah they're well they're, they're kind of waiting um pretty much next actually at the end of they're kind of waiting to be signaled in so we could say they were kind of waiting by the wall where uh kev had left you the can of coke <laughs> that old coke yeah <laughs> such fond memories um <laughs> that wall was brought <laughs> today's episode brought to you by the coca-cola Co- corporation yeah <laughs> brought to you by kev <laughs> And um, so she just walks back kind of a little dejectedly and she's like, oh wait, do I have to grab stuff? Uh, you can do what you like. Tell, tell me what you want to do. So we're staying somewhere. So I just go up to my room quickly, shove a duffel bag full of regular items. And then when I come back downstairs, I walk towards the guy in that, on the wall and I'm well, by the wall. And I'm just like... Yeah, she's not actually home, so I guess you guys can just go in. And she makes her way back to the van unless they have something to say. Okay, so the soldiers enter the van, uh, enter the, the house, um, the doctor following them. 
and you are just about to open the van door again and you hear not a full shout because it's late but from your left as you look up the road your mum is walking towards you Sora oh mum what are you doing oh mum there's like this virus going about town and the this van is here to check if we're clean where have you been what virus there's like some kind of epidemic in town epidemic i haven't heard about this i don't know they just kind of turned up here and they're doing it to everyone so that's it really she looks reluctant to have to explain any more than she has to so your mum um says come on let's get let's get inside the house if there's a problem i don't want you with strange people no we're not allowed to go in there what are you talking this is our house yeah i know mum but um we're being quarantined and we're not, we can't go back home right now so Quar- quarantine Wait, who, grab your stuff who who's quarantining the government what j- just us no everyone the whole town <laughs> well unless you're infected then obviously you can't go into quarantine mum <laughs> interesting wait here Okay. I'm gonna just sit down. <laughs> Your mum goes inside the house. A minute passes. And you hear the sound of gunfire. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, next week, that's Thursday the 27th of February, uh, we'll hopefully have another bonus D&D world-building episode for you. Uh, and of course, we'll be back, as usual, in two weeks' time on Thursday the 5th of March uh, with the next chapter of our Things from the Flood story, uh, continuing where we left off today. Uh, so hopefully you'll all tune back in for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can get in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook, both of which we are at Pretend with Dice. Uh, if you're a Discord user, you can also join our server by following the link in the pinned tweet on our Twitter page and finally you can also email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com if you're an itunes or apple podcast user it'd be really great if you could leave us a rating and review Uh, it all helps us to find new listeners and we'd love to hear what you all think of the podcast Uh, so for now that's our show Uh, i hope you all enjoyed it we'll see you next time